Good morning and welcome back to the daily devotionals that come into your inbox on a Thursday and Friday. That is if you're a member of Christchurch or you might be listening to the podcast. We meet in church each Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday to explore God's word and these daily devotions are to complete the week of Thursday and Friday as they come out in this recorded form. Now you're welcome to join us on any of those meetings, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Check the website for details of the time of the morning prayer Bible study. Now today I'll be looking at the reading from Mark's Gospel, uh, but we'd like to read it in two parts, starting at the end. Now it's Mark 12, verses 1 to 12. We begin with verse 12. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders, looking for a way to arrest him, because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. I once met with a clergy colleague and we were exploring ways in which we might collaborate since we were in neighbouring parishes. There were two touch points in the conversation that that stuck out for me. The first was the idea that the Alpha Course was a form of indoctrination that this person would not like to expose their parishioners to. The Alpha Course is, as you may know, an, an exploration of the Christian faith that very squarely explains the importance of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus and the transforming power of God's love through the work of his Holy Spirit. The second was when I expressed some high regard for the Book of Common Prayer, which remains the main prayer book of the Church of England, all others being specially allowed to be used. The response from my colleague was, oh, I don't like that one. There's too much sin in it. There are three lies. The serpent who represents Satan tells Eve in the Garden of Eden, we find in Genesis 3. Did God really say? Casting doubt on what God's truth is or denying he said it in the first place. You will not surely die. Even if he did say it, there would be no consequences of going against God. You can make yourself like God. You don't need him. You can control your own destiny and make things perfect for yourself. You can, in fact, aspire to be God. These three lies have worked themselves through society for centuries and certainly in recent decades. It results in either the rejection of God, who doesn't exist, or even if he did, I don't need him, or the creation of a God that does not exist. One of the descriptions of Jesus that I heard recently was that he is all truth and all grace all of the time. A picture of Jesus that condemns only is all truth and no grace. A picture of Jesus that loves everyone and so affirms all decisions and everyone's right to be who they want to be is all grace and no truth. The picture should be of a Jesus who is all truth and all grace all of the time. He is both our saviour and our judge. To deny or downplay sin is to play into the devil's lies. God didn't say, or you will surely not die. If we don't know that we are drowning, we have no incentive to wave for help. Or if we see someone drowning, to quote the poet, we will consider it just a wave, not a call for help. Questions like, maybe that didn't happen, or maybe that's not true, 
can unravel the mesh of the carpet of faith. It's okay to question, but the fundamentals we start from help us to see our faith through the lens of the truth of God. Examples are God is good, God is our all-powerful, God loves everyone, God needs us to turn to him and away from evil. And given those truths, how can I make sense of the rest of it? So let's revisit the rest of the reading from Mark in this light. What had Jesus spoken against the religious leaders of the time who emphasised strict adherence to the law and works towards salvation and being in favour of God? So Mark 12, starting at first verse. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them were beaten, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you read this passage of scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. The servants, the innocent, were the prophets. Few who heard their message wanted to believe it. They seldom returned to the Lord and repented as they were requested and they ultimately received punishment including the exile of Israel and oppression under Rome. The son is Jesus. He does carry an inheritance but not for those who reject him. And the owner of course is God. And his reaction to the rejection of the prophets he sent and the son they killed is destruction. They are tested, found wanting and rejected forever. Jesus, the cornerstone on which the kingdom is built, is all truth, all grace, all of the time. That is the truth. And we need to believe it and not be swayed by the distortions that lead to destruction.